0: Hey, hi. uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute. Is that right? Did I do it right? And welcome to another exciting episode of Superman 3 Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flies his 1983's Superman 3 five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Kelly. And joining me as always on this journey through time and space is Chris Franklin. Chris, we are in a post-movie universe right now. <laughs> well,
1: it feels so weird. It's I, I feel like we're in like the Phantom Zone. Yeah, or something. exactly. We got the we're
0: kind of looking around. We're kind of feeling the edges of the universe. Yes, uh, as as everyone knows, last week we finished our coverage of Superman three, and now we're here to uh, do a couple of a kind of a postscript episodes. One of which is as we promised, we're going to be talking about the Superman three comic book adaptation. I uh, can't believe it. the uh, The first two movies, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, never received full on. Comic book adaptations because of an a financially onerous stipulation in Mario Puzo's contract. So all they could ever do were the kind of Superman collectors albums, which were done as Treasury editions. With Chris and I talked about both of those over on my Treasury Cast show. But uh, by the time we got the Superman three, Mario Puzo's out of the out of the uh, out of the equation, and it, it meant that DC could do a comic book adaptation of the movie, and they did. It is called Superman three. But if you look in the Indicia, it's listed as the Superman movie special volume one, number one, which is very odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why you would call it this. Now, if I remember correctly, Chris, you did not have this comic book as a kid, right?
1: No, I didn't even know this comic existed until many, many years later. I, I had no idea this ever even came out.
0: All right. I remember seeing it. I don't remember how I saw it. They must have seen it in a comic store uh because i never saw it on 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 like 7-eleven racks or things like that and i certainly didn't own it uh i think i saw it later on and i think by the time i did see it um i didn't like the movie that much as a kid so i was like why do i read the comic book version of this but nevertheless i'm happy it exists because all any every superhero movie should have a comic book adaptation that's where they spring from you know uh they don't really do them anymore for the most part like there isn't like you know Joker, the movie adaptation, because I just because of course movies are so much more uh, readily available. Uh, you know, when you you're you're old enough, Chris, I certainly am, to where comic book adaptations were, for many ways, the only uh, the only way you could have a replica or a, a souvenir—that's a better word for it—of the movie you saw, because a lot of times once movies left theaters, unless they ran them on television, they were gone forever. Now, of course, by Superman three, video cassettes had. Started to come in, and, and you know, there was an expectation that these things would start appearing in home video, but it was still kind of rare, um, and so that's why we don't have comic book adaptations anymore. But I'm really glad this book exists because it's it's an interesting curio.
1: Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, you know, back in the day, you know, you might get a ViewMaster reel set, and <laughs> right. Uh, if, if you had HBO, it'll show up in a year or so. But yeah, and then if you were like me and didn't have HBO, you had to wait for it to show up on the ABC Sunday Night Movie. Uh, which could be like four years later. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so uh, this comic book, the movie came out on June
0: 17th, 1983, uh, according to Mike's Amazing World. This comic came out on June 23rd, 1983, which is a little unusual that it came out after the, a full week after the movie. Normally, they have this stuff ready before the movie comes out I'll go then an age with the age we live of spoilers and stuff. I guess that maybe that is not so, so much so optimal anymore, but I mean, you know, there were, there was adaptations for the Batman movie. There was Batman returns, you know, DC would do them. All, and there was an adaptation for Superman four, which is so much better than the movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but so we're just going to, we're just going to have a quick kind of conversation about this comic book. It's 48 pages. It costs a dollar. It is The name of the story, oddly enough, is not just Superman 3. It is, I have met the enemy and he is me. And the adaptation is by Carrie Bates, based on a screenplay by David and Leslie Newman. Artists by Kurt Kurt Swan, of course. Sal Amendola. And then uh, lettering by Ben Oda. And the colorist is Carl Gafford. And we get a a photo cover. And by the way, we're going to have some images. There's actually going to be a gallery post. This is the first time this show has had a gallery post. Uh, but we'll have some images from this comic over on our website, fryingwaterpodcast.com. So we've got a photo cover featuring Superman flying out of the junkyard. It's it's okay. It's not the most, I don't know, is it like the most compelling image in the world for the cover to have this kind of
1: gray, drab image? No, and, and, and his fist is blocking part of his face. Yep. It's, it's, it's not a great picture for the cover. It's, no. The back cover has that iconic shirt rip. Use that as the cover. <laughs> yep, your favorite shirt rip. yep. Yeah, exactly, I mean, use that as, uh, yeah, I, this, I was, you know, I've seen this cover before, but especially when I got it, this book in my hands, I was like, okay, they've, they, I mean, he's blocking his spit curl and everything with his yeah. left fist, it's an odd, it's an odd photo of, of, it's not, if you got this as a poster, you'd be like, well, why is he blocking half his face, you know, so. <laughs> You would think that
0: Warner Brothers would have been able to provide because on the inside cover there's a, a shot of Superman inside Ross Webster's cave, and that's clearly a promotional image because that yeah. image that image is not in the movie in any in any way. Um, yeah, it seems nowadays they wouldn't do that. They would not just have to sort of like Jerry rig something. Warner Brothers would have provided DC with a giant, you know, five gig file. <laughs> I was about to say giant <laughs> binder. That's how old I am. But no, they would you know they would provide you with four thousand still photos to pick from. Yeah, uh, they would not just have to say, "Well, just pull something from the
1: movie and do your best." That's not the way it would work. Or why not a picture? I mean, what have really sold comic books is a still of Evil Superman and, and Clark Kent fighting in the junkyard. There you go. Yep. I mean, that would have sold the crap out of some comic books. Yep. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and they they knew. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say no. You go ahead. You go ahead. It's fine. I'm
0: just gonna say they they obviously knew. That that was the the key moment of the movie because it's the splash page, right? Is the two Supermans beating each other up? That's the the opening page of the comic,
1: right? Right. I will say that I didn't know until going to Mike's Amazing World. There's an there's a variant version of this. Apparently, it was a promotional. Uh, there was a promotional version of this, just given away through Seven Up. Uh, there's a, a cover with just the Seven Up uh, uh, logo on it, and then one with Carl's Jr., yep. which is also known as Hardy's uh, and uh, I'm a, I'm assuming they were given away at at Hardy's, uh, Carl's Jr.'s restaurants, and the cover's better. It's just a, a nice shot of Reeve flying with his arms at his side, but it's it's a better cover. So. Yep,
0: yep, <laughs> yeah. When I searched for this comic on eBay, uh, I saw different versions of it, and I was a little like, "Wait, is this 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 is all the same comic?" And it is. Yeah, it's just they. Some of them were were uh specifically licensed through uh, the, those restaurants. I I miss that stuff. I love that me stuff too. as a kid. Yeah, I had all too. those, all those, uh, those Arby's glasses, the superhero Arby's glasses. I mean, that, that I just I used to love all those sorts of things. I mean, there's a reason why I have a shelf full of 7-Eleven uh, Marvel Slurpee cups to my left as I'm sitting here recording this. So right. <laughs> uh, by the way, there was no uh, Superman three Slurpee cup tie-in. I oh. uh, wish there there should have been, but there there was not. So okay, uh, we're not going to go through the plot of this comic book because it's the plot of the movie. You know, you know, you already know what it is. But there's a couple things worth noting. First of all, I think the the first thing you can see is uh, likeness rights. That's kind of a big thing uh, because you have to the actors have to sign off on these things, and some actors are obviously uh, okay with it. I guess maybe they get paid or maybe they don't. I don't really know how it works. But like say the the aforementioned Batman movie adaptation. Jerry Ordway is drawing Michael Keaton as Batman. He's yeah. drawing Jack Nicholson as the Joker. And on this first page, where we see Gus in the line for unemployment, that is not Richard Pryor. It's not remotely no. Richard Pryor. So right there, we know Richard Pryor either was not asked or did not grant life uh, likeness rights to this uh, to this adaptation.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely not. But it's it's kind of weird because I feel like. Kurt Swan was drawing, you know, Christopher Reeve and the Daily Planet staff, but honestly, the Sal Amendola inks are—I don't—I uh, full disclosure—I do not think they're a good fit for Kurt Swan, and I—I—I okay. uh, I, I feel like it's—it's it's kind of a odd—it's—it's it, it's an odd thing because this—it it doesn't look like a Kurt Swan Superman comic, but you see enough Kurt Swan showing through that it. That it kind of throws you off a little bit. Plus, he's not drawing them the way he normally does because he's trying to draw the actors in in most cases. But I'm, I'm not. It's not entirely successful. But I think a lot of that might have to come down to the inks too. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'd, I'd like, I'd love to see what the pencils look like of, of this comic. <laughs> I was thinking about
0: that, and that, that the the Superman as you see here looks vaguely like Christopher Reeve. It does yeah. not look like the Kurt Swan Superman, and what a Herculean task that had to be for Kurt Swan, who at this point had drawn what Superman's face probably forty million times. Yes, to draw Superman's face a little differently—that—that that is like unlearning how to walk. I would imagine for Kurt Swan, yeah. that had to be really hard to draw a face you're so familiar with drawing. But make it look a little different. That's just that. That's just something about his basic professionalism that he could even do it at all. Because if, if there was anybody as familiar, with, there was nobody on the planet as familiar with drawing Superman as Kurt Swan, and here he is having to draw sort of Superman.
1: Right, like like unlearn everything you ever knew, yeah. basically about yeah, how to draw yeah. Superman. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, I mean, like if you see Superman from the back, that could be like from any Kurt Swan comic. But like if the face is obviously you know different. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it, it, it roughly estimates Reeve for, you know, the majority of this, but it, it's, it's just, uh, like I said, I mean, I don't think the inks, they're not bad. It's just, I don't think they, I just don't think that Amendola's, um, his, his kind of scratchy art style, this doesn't quite mesh with, uh, with swans. And I, I should, uh, what I really know, um, Sal Amendola from is that, uh, that great night of the stalker story. That he plotted and Steve Englehart scripted in uh, Detective Comics number four thirty nine. He drew it and plotted it, and that's uh, where Batman uh, avenges the the murder of another kid's family. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's a classic Batman story, and I, I it it looks great. It's just a totally different non Kurt Swan style, you know. So it's kind of it's it's almost like when they put Bill Sienkiewicz on Jim Apparel. It's like what <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> Is your favorite? Do you have a favorite Kurt Swan inker? I mean, it's a little off little off uh, topic, but do you have a particular favorite?
1: You know, I, I would probably, you know, it, at different periods. I mean, George Klein was great in the Silver Age. And, uh, of course, I love, you know, Murphy Anderson anyway. And I do feel like the, the, the Swanderson team was great, uh, you know. And uh, when I was a kid, Dave Hunt, Frank Ceramonte and Dave Hunt seemed to ink him a lot. Yeah, uh, and uh, Dave, I like Dave Hunt's fine uh, inks, fine. But if you look at Kurt Swann's pencils, very few people ever like inked him correctly. I mean, they were he, he like he like fully rendered his pencils like a like a fine illustrator. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy when you see his pencils. It's like he he wasn't even really drawing comic book style in a lot of ways, you know. So maybe that's part of the problem too. Maybe Sal Amendola, who hasn't. Inked him before that I know of is like, okay, what do I ink here? You know, because <laughs> mm. <laughs> I can't, I can't put all these feathered lines and all all this, all this shading this that he's developed in each page into this, right? So I, I mean, that might be part of it, but yeah, I, I'd say probably Klein and and and, uh, and Murphy Anderson are my favorites.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, likeness rights again. Like clearly, it does not look Lana does not look like an O'Toole. They couldn't do that. I noticed that Gavin Hurley, well, not Gavin Hurley, Brad, when Brad shows up, he has a Kurt Swan face. Like, yes. that's the Kurt Swan face. So, so, Kurt Swan got it in there uh, a bit. And now, but then strangely enough, when you get to the section with Ross Webster, Robert Vaughn, it looks like Robert Vaughn. Yeah. So, okay. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of all over the place here. I don't really understand that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, again, this had to be a tough, uh, a tough uphill climb. For Carrie Bates to adapt because this movie is very talky, uh, and then there's there's even a point where uh, poor Kurt Swan has to draw Richard Pryor's Gus Gorman character doing his Superman bit where he grabs the bl- the um, tablecloth and wraps it around his neck and he does, and it's it's basically a comedy monologue done in comic book form, which is really the the worst of both worlds.
1: Yeah, yeah. At least he's not skiing off
0: the roof here. Thank God uh, (laughs) they did take that part out. That is one of the nice things about this comic book is that all of the super jokey stuff is out. Because obviously they have to edit it down. And so all of that nonsense is, is, except for the general sequence, but all the gags, all that stuff's been cut out. And so it reads much more like a Superman comic book, which is I'm very thankful for.
1: Yeah, all all the slapstick stuff at the beginning, it just Superman saves the guy from the flooding car. Um, and and that said, i mean there 's none of the stuff with Lorelai causing all the chaos she does by walking down the street yep. uh, all that 's cut out uh, i do I did notice that oddly enough, even though those silly things are cut out when Superman saves I down the big smokestack' um, it, it's one of the workers goes, "Wee as he <laughs> <laughs> as he comes out the bottom, I'm like, I don't really think anybody who was about to die in a fire would be, you know, going wee as they slid down this, whether it was fun or not. Don't you know, you take I...
0: this seriously, Phil. Now, come on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did think it was funny uh, that when um, Superman gets transformed by the kryptonite, uh, the way they indicate that is simply by giving him what looks like a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing that was Carl Gafford. They just gave him. All of a sudden, he looks like Homer Simpson. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the way. Right, that's how we indicate he's Dark Superman. It's very funny.
1: Yeah, they don't even color his uniform darker. No, this. no. I'm like, you guys couldn't like. I mean, you've got other colors you can use. You know, <laughs> can, yep. can't you make his? Can't you make his suit darker? I mean, come on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's the same colors that the old Superman Revenge Squad used to use. So just use those. <laughs> You know? <laughs> that would have been an
0: amazing movie, the Superman Revenge. But oh, uh, yeah. speaking of things that get cut out, uh, there is the scene where Superman uh, talks to Lorelai on the uh, the roof of the, the crown of the Statue of Liberty, and she caresses his face, and then bang, we we no pun intended, uh, we cut to uh, the oil tanker scene. Uh, so yeah. all all that stuff cut out.
1: Yeah. She'll say, I'll do more than tell you. I'll show you back at my place if, and then that's it. That's, that's all right. you, that's so right. they're hinting at it. I, yeah, I, I, I do. I do like the line that uh, when she's up on the Statue of Liberty, one of the cops is, you know, with the, I'm assuming with a megaphone, you have everything to live for. I know I've seen you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right then.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then by the time we're on uh, page 36, we finally get to the big moment, which is the big fight scene. Superman versus Clark Kent. That's the big fight scene. And it's the, uh, you know, it's the, 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 the sort of the engine that's driving this adaptation, driving the story. It's only two and a half pages. And I, I, I remarked about this uh, on the episode that we did about that scene, that the scene it goes by much faster than I remember it. I remember it yeah. being like six, seven, eight minutes. And it's not, it's like two and a half. And so the comic book adaptation sort of gives it the same amount of space proportionally. But I would think that if you're adapting the movie, you're looking for any Superman type business to really make it more comic booky. And I would have, I don't know if I was Carrie Bates, I might've told Kurt Swan, Hey, you know what? Take five pages. Just go nuts, Kurt. Just draw, you know, you don't have to draw Gus Corbin being funny. Just draw the two Supermans beating each other up. That'll be fun for you to draw.
1: Yeah, and and I and I hate to say, and I know I know you and I debate back and forth about Kurt Swan. That's one of our running, you know, yep. things on the network. But um, I will say that 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 this fight is not very exciting in the comic page. Mm-hmm. It's it's the life's kind of sucked out of it. And I know Kurt Swan can draw a uh, 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 a more impressive fight. I mean, the old, the old, I don't know what issue it's in, but where Superman and Lex fight under a red sun, you know, and things like that. I mean, that, that, uh I think, Kurt, I know he drew the cover. I don't know if he, maybe he didn't, maybe that was Wayne Boring that drew the, the interior, but I mean, he's, he's drawn other fights before that were, you know, more impressive here, but it's like, it just seems like, you know, there's not enough space to do it justice. And they cut out, you know, that the when they split in two, it's just like a small panel. And it, it almost just looks like they're standing beside each other. You don't get that there's some kind of weird thing going on if you weren't hmm. reading it. And then there's no shirt rip at the end. I mean, there's no, tri- <laughs> no. there's no triumphant moment that Superman's back. I mean, that should take up at least half a page, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I mean, it's on the back cover. Come on, you know. <laughs>
0: I mean, they got a lot of story, a lot of story to get to in a short period of time. But yeah, you're right. That that talk about right over the plate for Kurt Swan to draw that, and they don't they don't give him a chance to do it. it
1: seems yeah, totally I mean, ashamed. Kurt Swan, how many times has he drawn that? He could probably draw it literally asleep at this point. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> um, so, and then we get
0: to the sequence back at the cave, and we get a lot of the super heroic stuff. And this is all the stuff I was talking about on the show where I said this feels like it's a comic book because it's Superman trapped in that little stasis bubble and he knocks it out with his heat vision and then he gets hit by the kryptonite ray and they have all that business and then we get to the kind of the other most significant scene of the movie where vera gets sucked in and she turns into the robot lady and i mean of course it can't possibly be as impactful in comic book form because in the movie it's a real person and we see the the stuff kind of you know, insert itself into her body here. It's very quick. It's, she gets pulled in and then the next panel, she's full on robot lady and is blasting people. So it's, it's slightly weird. Cause she has that kind of weird dead look on her, on her face, but obviously it just doesn't, it doesn't hit, it doesn't land the same way it does in the movie.
1: No, it's in it. in it's like literally just two panels and yeah, yeah she, and, and in fact, when she's getting sucked in, it almost just looks like she's, Kind of floating in front of the 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 doors of the computer, so it's it's kind of yeah. It's it's uh, it looks like they left out the FX there too. You know, it's like they <laughs> they left out some FX in the in the uh, in the movie. It looks like they did here too. I will say when Gus swallows the screw, that would kill him. The screw that they draw here would have ripped <laughs> his intestines out because it's like like a two inch long, uh, very sharp looking uh, screw. Uh, that would, yeah, he would, yeah, he would bleed inter- internally yeah. <laughs> and die. I mean, there's just no way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a very upsetting panel looking at that thing going down its throat. It's just like, ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's going to rip up your stomach lining uh, big time. And, you know, by the time the robot lady sequence, that's page 46 of a 48-page adaptation. So they've got basically two pages to wrap up the rest of the movie Yeah. Uh, at that point. And so there's no more Lana Lang. There's no scene at the Daily Planet. It just ends with Superman carting Gus off. We don't see him about the stuff with the job. And then uh, the the comic book ends with Superman reorienting the uh, Leaning Tower of Pisa. And it ends with the Italian vendor yelling at Superman, Super Catino Stronzo, which we talked about in that episode. In Italian, Stronzo means asshole. (laughs) Making this, most likely, the only Superman comic book ever to end with the word Asshole. Now, I mean, maybe Frank not Miller written wrote, by Frank Miller. Yeah, right. Yeah, Frank maybe Miller. Frank Miller wrote something that I don't know about. I didn't read that series he did with John Romita. But uh, that jumped out of me <laughs> when I saw this. I thought, is that Carrie Bates just trying to sneak that in? And that you know they're going to the comics code, which by the way, there is no comics code seal on this oh. book. Uh, that they managed to get a curse word in another language as the final word of this comic book.
1: Yeah, that's great. <laughs> there are kids going around going,
0: Stronzo, Stronzo, Stronzo.
1: <laughs> I Meanwhile, well, your Italian grandmother's like,
0: oh, what? Yeah. They
1: so, should have uh, snuck that into that uh, Disney movie that came out this summer, Luca. They should have yeah. uh, <laughs> snuck that in to uh, Ciao oh, Alberto. You know? It was like, Woo. Stronzo, Alberto. You know? yeah. so. <laughs> and Superman is smiling as
0: he's being called that, as he's flying away. He's like, ah, these funny Italians calling me funny names um and so and the inside back cover is a nice little portrait shot of superman it looks like a, maybe like a driver's license photo or something and then as you mentioned the back cover is the shirt rip so i mean overall chris how do you think this works as an adaptation of what we've just seen
1: i think overall this is a better movie if they just <laughs> <laughs> followed this comic and you know kept kept the fight scene of the the big fight scene the way it was and the the Robo Vera stuff, but because it it does, it eliminates a lot of the silliness in Superman three. That was just too much, you know? Um, And so, you know, I, I think this is a more digestible, uh, tonally uh, coherent story uh, than the film, you know? And, and I do, I did notice that uh, as, as someone uh, in our comments, I believe pointed out Superman, like I suggested he should have, Does activate the acid with his heat vision. Yes. Oh, Uh, I should have mentioned
0: that. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. So that's another plus. You know. So it's uh, like all the all the stuff you want in Superman three is in this comic. Um, I you know I I think again as much as as much as I'm a big fan of Kurt Swan, I think they may have it may have been better if they'd assigned it to a non regular Superman artist, so it would so it would have maybe felt a little more like the film and less like a standard Superman comic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, you know, maybe the, the likenesses could have possibly been a little bit stronger. Uh, you know, it, it just, it just would have stood out more. Like I think didn't, uh, didn't Gray Morrow do the Supergirl adaptation? Didn't he draw I, Am I crazy? I don't
0: know. I don't Who did remember. the
1: super, I've got it, but I haven't looked at that thing in years. I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking he did, but he was great uh, but, at likenesses. I mean, that's
0: part oh, of the yeah. reason he did it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, somebody like that could have done it. And I, I think it could have been a little more felt like, like the, uh, the movie. Uh, it seems like this is kind of a hybrid between the, the Superman comics of the time and the film. Uh, and I think that's a little strange, um, because, you know, like, um, like they didn't get Jim Aparo or Norman breifogel to draw the Batman movie adaptation. They got right. Jerry Ordway. Right. And God, that is, to me, that is the be all end all of comic movie adaptations. That's, mm. that's the, that's the gold standard right there. Um, so, um, yeah, I think it might've worked a little better with a different, different art team. Um, you know, but I, I like it. I enjoyed it. it. It's, it's, it's fun to have. I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm just going to put it in my, uh, in back in the, the, the board and the bag and stick it in with the large bag that I've got my, uh, Superman treasury, Superman movie treasury books in. <laughs> so I think it's I'm going to just store it with them. So,
0: <laughs> and, and who knows, maybe we'll be generous and do the Superman four adaptation at some point because that all will be one too about. i've
1: never owned that I've, I've i've i remember seeing that one and i i don't think i ever saw it in person but i remember seeing it solicited in something or an ad for it or or i think i think at that time i was already subscribing to comic buyers guide i think maybe i saw something about it in that but i've i've never owned that so i'll have to track that down too i know it's got a jerry ordway cover yes it is uh,
0: profoundly better than the movie
1: Right. So maybe so, we'll spend more time talking about that than we do the movie when we I, do our one-off episode. Our one-off comedy,
0: episode. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of we'll, Superman we'll, Ford. We'll talk about that later. But but yeah, it's this is a unique item. Uh it's a unique item and uh, I'm said. I'm glad it exists cuz there always should be comic book adaptations of any comic book movie. That's where the material's coming from and so I'm glad that we finally got Mario Puzo the hell out of here so we <laughs> could uh, so we could get this adaptation. So yeah, um as I mentioned We're going to check out some of the images. Uh, You can check out some of the images on our website, findwaterpodcast.com. At the gallery post, you can see um, some of what this comic book looked like. It's kind of hard to find on Google searches, just FYI, because it isn't called Superman 3, the comic book. It's called Superman Movie Special. And so you had to kind of look a little to find even any information on it at all. Um, and I wasn't able to dig up any articles. I know there must be probably a like back issue or something about this, the, the, the details of it, but I wasn't able to find anything. So I would love to know what it was like to carry Bates? I mean, obviously, Bates and Swan were the Superman team right. for DC at the time, so it made sense that they would do it. And I wondered, did Swan skip issues of Superman to get this done? Because, I mean, how, how did he fit another 48 pages into his schedule?
1: I think around this time, I could be wrong, but I feel like Swan was drawing Superman and Gil Kane was drawing action, I think. Um, it's, it's around this time. Mm. So, so yeah, he may have, he may have skipped Superman, but I think Kurt Swan could draw like literally draw two comics a month. So, uh, <laughs> and, and it, it, again, it's amazing when you see how the guy actually drew his actual pencils. It's like, I mean, he's not doing thumbnails. The dude's yep. like freaking doing fully rendered yep. uh, people and backgrounds and everything. So yeah, it's, it's nuts. I mean, he's, his, his speed was, at near Kirby levels, you know, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> just insane. <laughs> amazing. So, uh, so
0: yeah, that's, that's going to do it for the Superman three comic book adaptation. Now, of course you're all wondering what happens to the show now? Well, we will be back next week with our traditional, uh, Metropolis mailbag show. We will finally be covering all the feedback we've been getting for the uh, past, you know, this whole season of Superman 3. We we did it at the end of the first season. We did the end of the second, and we're going to do it a third time because we really do appreciate all the comments that we get, all the feedback we get. So we're going to be covering a bunch of that next week. And that will be the final episode of Superman 3 Movie Minute. But for now, I mean, we're done with the movie. And in all its iterations, we are done with the movie. So, Chris, we did it. We did it.
1: Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. we didn't do the We didn't do the novel adaptation, but I'm uh, sorry. We're not, <laughs> we
0: have limits. We're, we were going to stretch this out for too long. So yeah, I own it, but I, we didn't do it. Yeah. So. No, no I, I, I have my limits, everybody. Uh, so uh, again, yeah, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we're always talking Superman movies over on Twitter at Superman movie minute. You can find all the back episodes of the show on our website, findwaterpodcast.com. You can subscribe to Superman movie minute on any podcatcher of your choice. We always have to thank uh, Alex Robinson and Pete, the retailer for the being the, uh, the originators of this format over at Star Wars movie minute and allowing people to use it. Thanks so much guys. You can find all the movie minutes by minute shows at moviesbyminutes.com. And finally, if you want to support the fine water podcast network, just go to patreon.com slash FW podcast. And there you can lock various rewards. One of which is do we need checked on a show of your choice. So big thanks to Superman's pals, Henry Bernstein and Ian Fletcher for their support of Superman Movie Minute. We very much appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much.
1: Yes, thanks, guys.
0: So uh, that's going to do it. Come back next time as the adventure continues with Superman 3 Movie Minute. Giorgio, favore. E grazie.